So, Trish, what do you want for Christmas? I really want a mistletoe belt buckle. Someone's got to finally you know, get on my U-log. <laughs> really? Welcome to Gay Talk 2.0, the ultimate podcast for your dose of dish. Yule log. Well, yeah. Yule twig. Whatever. You need a log. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gents, welcome back to another episode of Gay Talk 2.0, an LGBT podcast streaming live. Well, well, on the video version of our show. Uh, for all of you out there who would like to um, access that, you would have to be a Patreon. But anyway, um, we are streaming live, uh, nonetheless. I think. Yeah, I hit record. I did all the good things, and uh, shit happens. But anyway, um, we're back, and uh, we have a fun show for you today. Our guest today is Simon Doonan. He is the author of Transformer, a story. Let's try that again. Our guest today is Simon Doonan. He is the author of Transformer, a story of glitter, glam rock, and loving Lou Reed. Uh, we will have a chat with the amazing author at the uh, on the second half of the show. Boy, she is fucked wow. up today. She is fucked up today. We had a long week. But anyway, yes, yes, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But my name is Tom, and as always, I'm in the studio with my amazing co-host, starting with the first one. Hey, y'all, Nick or Trish. And J-Bear, a.k.a. YBFBF. Oh, now he's using acronyms. This bitch. <laughs> She's speaking I am now. I am now. I cannot. I cannot. Um, but yes, uh, welcome back. It's been a very, very long week. I am physically and mentally drained. Um, you know, I don't know what it is about corporate America that you wait, okay, to have every project imaginable like happen in the last month of the year when everybody's on vacation, everybody has some sort of, you know, time off. It's exhausting. Mm -hmm. And those that are there, those that are left behind because either you took your time early on in the year or you just haven't gotten to that one week that you're going to get respite in, you're just stuck there just dealing with like world wars because that's what it feels like. Well, it's funny because I was actually at your office I know. on Monday. Um, I sent a funny text, but I'm not going to share that on you here. Did. Yeah, no, that's, that's fine. Um, but uh, the CEO of your company was there, who was also on the board of the Schubert. Right. And um, we were there for like a photo op, and you know they were donating money to us and whatnot. And Anthony said to Frank, he was like, um, well... I was supposed to have today off, but then Nick told me that I had to be here. He's like, funny story. I was supposed to have t- today off. And then someone else told me I had to be here. Right. So it's like, you know, again, you know, last week of the year, last two weeks. And it's like, everything is due on the 31st. And I'm like, oh, dude, we have oh. the very next day. Although it's a new year is just another day. Yeah. We'll be back. We're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but deadlines, you know, who meets them anyway? Well, it's a new year. It's a new budget. Yeah. Well, I'm, in most corporate um, environments, you know, your new fiscal year doesn't start on January 1st. No, right? actually, most do. Well, no, I don't think for us. It does. 
Yeah, no, it starts quarter <laughs> quarter one or quarter two or I don't know. It's like they it just doesn't start on January first. Yes, it does. Okay, fine. <laughs> it does. I don't. I, I. The only reason I know that is because I have all of my meetings in the fall mm-hmm. with a lot of our corporate partners. Not all of them, but most of them, because they are working on building their budget, which goes into effect January one. Mm. Uh, that explains why we're not. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have money on quarter three quarter or quarter three. four or whatever. Um, no, but the it, way it, our it, it makes I sense. know the way our company sense. does it, I think quarter one for us comes up like in October, right? For some reason, mm. so yeah, that, mm. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's weird. It's, it's weird. weird. Quarter one is October. Quarter two is <laughs> yeah. you know January. Quarter three is April. Quarter four is like, uh, well, no, did I skip quarter two? No, quarter it, one, it's Jan- a weird setup. Yeah, I, just a know weird, I just know quarter setup. one is, is October. That's all I remember. Yeah, yeah. All I care about is locking in my money. Yeah, so. two, three. Yeah, and, you know. And, 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 when you're building your budget, we got you, babe. We got yeah. you. We got you. No, it, it's it's a, it's a it's a weird dynamic when you know when you're in uh, corporate America and you're navigating all of that, um, and then you know when you get out of work and you're mentally exhausted, you have to run around and you know sort of kind of get a show together, um, which is what we do every Wednesday. Now, before we used to do it on Monday, and it was even much like stressful because we not only were we working. The night before. The night before to like one or two, three in the morning. Mm-hmm. Then I have to get into the, this bitch got into the office, you know, nine, 10 o'clock. I had to be in there at seven in the morning. No, I worked from home. Oh. Well, well, that's, that's good too. <laughs> well, not, not, not always. Right. But, but when you do have to go in, you know, you don't have to go until nine. So, I mean, unless you like got to get up at five in the morning to like pound your face, which I, I, I do not at five in the morning. You don't No, It's like seven thirty. Right. Right. I'm already half hour into my shift by the time you start putting a drop of something to pound on your face. True. True. So it was exhausting. And then, you know, like when we record our show and this is a little insight for all of you listeners out there, you know, when the show. To be fair, though, I uh-huh. work late. Okay, <laughs> I work late a lot. Like tomorrow, I have to work late. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that you don't deserve, you know, or that you don't work hard. I'm just saying that for you, your day starts much later, so your your level of alertness <laughs> in the morning might be a little better than mine. Like you can't talk to me until like nine a.m. Oh, this uh, on Monday when we had that thing at. Your company, I was like, mm-hmm. I'm not. It was like from 10 to 12. I was like, I'll be there at 11. <laughs> I just roll in. Everything's already pretty much rolling, done. Rolling, Take a rolling. photo. <laughs> yeah, no. no, it's it's just exhausting. And then, you know, you, you come here and then we all get together. We sit around. Okay, what do we want to talk about? Um, and we do a lot of this conversating, you know, through a group chat that we have throughout the week. What do we want to talk about? What do we want to feature on the show? Who's our guest going to be? You know, what are they bringing to the table? What are we featuring? And then, you know, we come here and we sort of kind of put it all together. And then when we're done, it's not done. Right. When we stop the recording, it's mm-hmm. like we still have to process the audio file. We have to do the notes for the post. We have to, you know, have shots because that's important too and do all all the things that you do in post-production before we post a show every night you know and i'm a stickler for i want to make sure that if we say we're going to post on wednesday we post on wednesday very rarely do i save this kind of stuff for the very next day because i feel like you know we we have a responsibility in a sense to just bring what we say we're going to bring mm-hmm. right 
And it's just exhausting. And then the end of the year, it's like, you're just like, you're looking for a hard reset. And then not to mention that, you know, you've got, you're going through that seasonal depression. Oh my God. It's dark. It's like, Ooh. And on top of that, today is the winter solstice. Mm. So at 4:47 PM, Eastern Standard Time, we officially jumped into um, winter, and it also became the shortest day of the year, which means that going forward, we're gaining daylight again. Thank God, because leaving work (laughs) at like four o'clock and it being dark out. So happy winter solstice to all of our listeners and everyone out there who is uh, celebrating the approach of more daylight and being able to get out of this funk that this darkness puts you in. Like, why does the earth have to have an axis? Like, why? Because that's the whole reason why we go through this shit every year is because of the way that, you know, the globe, one, it spins, and two, you know, the axis. It's, it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to pull you away from the sun a little bit so that you can get darker sooner. And it was like, no, why? And today, it's a... You can tell it's winter solstice. It's cold. It is brick. It's supposed to be 12 degrees tomorrow. No, thank you. So, but anyway, yeah. So we're here, um, you know, and thankful. We're thankful for our listeners. We're thankful for the opportunity to be able to sit around this table with my boys. We miss Chris. Chris uh, is doing well in school. He should be done at some point. And hopefully we'll see him in the studio. Again. Who knows? Again, in person and um, in twenty twenty three. At this point, <laughs> in the new yeah. year. Um, but no, um, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the opportunities that we get to have conversations and discussions and all that good stuff. So, yeah, thank you, boys. So, um, roundtable. How are you, Nick? Besides, you know, rolling up in my office, trying to own the joint. Sashaying down the hallways, <laughs> the hallways and down the aisles. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know. I was like, Frank, can I go down there? He's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like he's on a Victoria's Secret mission or something with yeah. wings and everything. Yeah. <laughs> sashay, sashay, give me my money. Sashay, sashay. Well, so it's actually funny. When I, so right before I was about to leave, the woman that was me before my job, before I took the job at the Schubert, showed up because uh-huh. I guess they got some money as well. And, my boss had never met this person because she left the week prior. The woman that used to be you for the company that you're working right. for now, and she's now in another position somewhere else. Correct. Okay. And so she walked in, and I was walking out. Anthony had to do a video. I was like, I am not doing the video. <laughs> Luckily, she walked in because I went back, and he was doing the video. I was like, I'm going to help you say what you need to say. But <laughs> as I watched him record, but then I was like, FYI, this person showed up. Do you want to meet them? And I wanted to give you a heads up in case you don't want to meet them. Right. He's like, no, let's do it. (laughs) It was such an interesting interaction. Right. Because the person that was me before me, I think her main reason for, for, for moving on to her next position was because she was also in the running for Anthony's position. Gotcha. But instead okay. of set, like staying and like kind of just like helping him through the first couple weeks, 
she left. And so he's been wanting to meet her. And it was a great conversation, honestly. But but I was like, it gets pretty awkward. That was, I was like, I got to turn around. I got to stay here because he doesn't know this one. <laughs> right. Because you just never know what, what's going to happen. Right. right. What people might say. And, and, you know, and people have a very gifted way of being catty mm-hmm. and being mm, I stabbed you um, in a very professional manner. And while that's appreciated, right, because you want to stay professional, it's still a very uncomfortable situation to be in. Right. And I love that man, you know, so. No, he he is very lovely, very handsome, Mm -hmm. very smart, very tall. Yeah. No, he's, we're about the same height. Really? Mm -hmm. I think he's a little taller. Not when my hair's done. And when you have your heels on? Correct. Okay. Oh, okay. So. (laughs) I gotcha. He's, he's using elevation. Gotcha. Elevation tactics. Elevation. Mm-hmm. Hello. <laughs> Jaybird, hey. how are you? Exhausted. I can imagine. You had a very, very eventful, um, you've had a very, very eventful past few weeks. Yeah. Um, you know, going yep. through some so, issues yeah, and things like that. Still dealing with all that nonsense. Um, yesterday was mom's 80th birthday. Happy birthday, Happy mom. Happy 80th birthday, mama. Yeah, so, That's um, a huge milestone. Yeah, so. Good uh, for her. My brothers came up. From New York and Kansas, and we got together with her. <clears throat> Pretty much all her kids, except for my oldest sister, who couldn't make it. So seven out of eight kids. Wow. Um, so I, I had a full house yesterday, and my my two brothers that were there from Kansas left like at one a.m. You know, because they kind of wanted to hang out with us and spend some time with it. I I haven't seen my older brother Ivan in about twelve years. So wow, it's been some time. He's the one from Kansas. Yes. Yeah. Um. So, so it was some time. So he he came his with his son. His son lives in New York. Um. So they came up, uh, and my other brother that was in Florida moved to Kansas with him. So they all came together. Um. It was nice. It was nice to have them, but I, I you know, I'm still dealing with all these back issues, and I right. just couldn't wait for people to leave because I just wanted to lay down, mm-hmm. right. which kind of sucked because I was happy to have them there. And I was excited to have the company and spend time with them and catch up. But my body was is it, in such rough shape that that I was miserable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, right. and it's per- never an easy thing. No, no. And, you know, it's a kind of sucks. So I just kind of toughed it out and then had a really hard time at night because everything hurt. Yeah. Everything right. hurt. And, and mom is 80. How does that make mom. you feel? <laughs> uh, you know, it's crazy because it, it just, you know. I think physically, you know, I have all these aches and pains, but mentally, right? You know, you you kind of still feel that youngish in a I, sense. I mean, I don't know. This morning, I woke up and I was like, "Well, I can't. I get out of bed." Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> like, and that was yeah. That was me this morning. I was like, I I went to get up and I was like, it was it was a uh, it was a challenge. Mm-hmm. It was a challenge this morning. Um, uh, and I had the grandkids over, so I had to make sure I kind of rolled myself out of bed and make sure they got ready so their mom could pick them up for school. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I'm noticing my age more frequently these days. <laughs> it's not easy. You know, it's, it's, not. It's, it's, it's a difficult thing when you realize that a lot of the things that you used to do get so much harder, um, you know, as, as we age. And then you think to yourself, it's like, I was just literally 30, like two hours ago. <laughs> yeah. But I will. what I will say is that as you get older, it's harder to lose weight. But Tom 
Yeah, she I, went down. I did. Oh, I did. Hated I did. it. No. <laughs> so I yeah. went shopping. When was it? Saturday. And so I'm grabbing pairs of jeans and I'm immediately going for my size 40 because I'm a size 40 waist. Right. And she a big girl. And, you know, going through some of my personal issues um, and health issues, um, I've been taking medication. I've been taking care of myself, eat, trying to eat right and and do good by me. And, um, you know, I lost some weight. So when I went shopping, I grabbed the 40s and these bitches were dancing on me. And I was like, "Ooh, ooh, do I get to go back? I'm like, can, can I hand these to you, girl? These aren't going to fit. And she's looking at me like, okay, whatever, bitch. So <laughs> I um, decided I was going to go back and I went bold. I went four sizes down, went into the dressing room, fit into a 36 slim that was what i was like slim. he was like look i'm in a 36 i was like no honey you're in a 36 slim and i have to tell you you know and so so i'll get up for those on the video these make my ass look good hey listen i gotta work on the belly that that has to do but oh, 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 oh. she's about to kill everything yeah like it <laughs> yeah okay sashaying your yeah. <laughs> But she looks good. And I felt good. It, it was very validating for all of the, you know, yeah. everything that I've been through since You've February. also been, you, you've been kind of active. Yeah, that's the other thing. Well, yes, yes. I've I think been, you've been more active than I have because we technically should have been at the same size right now, honestly. Yeah, but, but, you but know, I've been, I've yeah. been active in many ways, <laughs> yeah, which is well, amazing. we know. Solar. So, <laughs> yeah, solar, solar panels. What do you want for um, Christmas? Oh, I already have solar panels. I want solar panels, though. No, it's, it's, it's been... It's been fabulous. That's awesome. Congrats. So, Congrats cuz I know it's a, it's a challenge. So oh, hopefully I you know I don't do a U-turn and go back yeah. and then I'll be like oh fuck I can't fit into these 36s. I'm right now I'm like in this weird like fluctuate like I fluctuate like I finally fit into jackets that I hadn't fit into pre-covid but then right. some days I'm like oh my god I don't feel like I can fit into anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's it's never easy and you know anyone that struggles with weight and you know I, I don't want to be a skinny bitch. I've been there. I've done that. She does. Um and you know I just want to be very cautious and be and you know try to stay healthy because in the end that's what's important, right? And um did I tell you no. What Anthony's? I'm I'm scared to even ask what okay. that man says to you. Sometimes, yeah. No, the other day I was talking to him, and I'm sitting, I'm standing in his office, and he's sitting down, and he's like, he just started looking at me funny, and I was like, what? He's like, nothing. I'm. I feel like I'm starting to see like flashes of a pre-COVID Nick. I'm like, what? What's that? <gasps> and I was like, you oh. mean in my face? You mean you think I'm losing weight? He's like, well, I mean flashes i was like oh hell no <laughs> I, I would have been like you know what i'll take it thank you but that's kind of fucked up oh 100 took it though. that's kind of fucked up <laughs> you know it's like and especially like right around this time holiday season guys it's literally yeah i had to restart my computer it's oh. going she's going through it uh it's literally going to be christmas eve this saturday christmas is on sunday where did the time go you know what do you what do you have planned for for Christmas? So I am going to my brother's. I knew it. I was like, he's going to go see Eve, Baby Demi. I think, 
I'm either going on Christmas Eve and staying until Christmas Day or Christmas Day and staying over the night. Right. I haven't decided yet, but I've got, I've still got to wrap all the gifts. Well, girl, what are you waiting for? It's like, hello? New Year's Eve, I mean, Christmas Eve is Saturday got, and Christmas is Sunday. I got Demi a little, little, little bike. Oh, oh boy. Uh, uh, She's not even one yet. No, it's it's like a it's for one year olds to help with balance. It has like these. It's so small and has these like four wheels, so they can like use it to stand up and walk. Or it's st- a walker. <laughs> <laughs> it's adorable. Yeah. I'm obsessed. I and then I also imagine. got I also got her pride, the story of Harvey Milk and the Rainbow Flag. Oh, and I'm gonna read that to her. And then I got her some brown bear children's book that I guess she really likes. And then I got her um uh Marlon Bundo. Oh so cute. All these books we have here. I know, but I wasn't gonna take from our library. But why not? It's okay. It's for a good cause. It's for a princess. I mean she deserves it, don't you think? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she deserves her own. Okay, well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, no, but it's it's amazing. What about you, Jay? What are you? What are your plans? <laughs> no, we we spend uh, we, our traditions. We spend New Year's. Um, New Year's. Oh my God, I'm so ahead of schedule right now. Right now. Um, Christmas Eve at home or at the in laws. This year we're doing it at home. Um, <clears throat> we always do Christmas Day at home with all the grandkids. Hmm. Um, so, are you cooking? Yeah, we're we're well. I'm I'm kind of out of it. So like, even for mom's, you know, thing yesterday. You you know me. I'm always in the kitchen. I love to cook. I love to prep food. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of out of it. I can't. I can't stand for too long. I can't do. You know, even even baking is kind of a mission right now for me. So yeah, it's gonna be a weird one. Yeah, yeah. So I, my my daughter cooks. Which is great. My, I mean, my wife does as well, but my daughter's the one that technically likes to do all the baking and stuff. So most likely, you know, she'll be in the kitchen and I'll be harping over her shoulder, telling her and what she's doing I, I wrong. Will, I will tell you, she, she does a lot of really good cooking. Yeah. yeah. Well, Tommy's um, had her her food. Yeah, she did. She did the stuffed like pepper with, with oh, the, sausage. No, it was the, uh, the apricot squash, squash. with oh the God. spicy Italian sausage and cheese. It mm. was absolute life. Yeah. I was like, okay. I told I, her I the can, other day that you loved it. She was like, oh, thank you. I can, <laughs> I can totally get into this. I was like, girl, you got this. You yeah, got she's, this. she's the one that tries to help me with, with my eating and, and try to curve my intake of carbs. Mm, that's so which is important yeah. you yeah, know it's yeah. important you know and, and for for people with certain conditions you know reducing your amount of carbs and i'm gonna have to be very careful because my mom doesn't know um <laughs> it's important yeah. right and so <laughs> i try to um you know just be cautious because you know my mama she's a puerto rican woman and no. puerto rican women uh, do nothing but just you know starch on starch with starch on the side. With I some right starch with extra extra carbs to go <laughs> along with it. Yeah. So it's like I was like I I don't have the heart to tell her that I can't yeah. eat this food. So I will eat in moderations whenever she makes it, and then I'll come over, and then you'll come over and finish it off, which is yeah. absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Give me that rice, yeah. right. Mm. right? Well, that that's the thing. Like with us, I mean, you know, especially us growing up in Puerto Rico. If, if you made soup like chicken soup, you, you you add the noodles, but there's always a side of of side of white rice, right? To go with it, right? It's it, it, and it's kind of like if the side of white rice isn't there, you didn't eat. 
<laughs> it's yeah, it's no. kind of you know how you grow up. It's specific things, so it's kind of tough. So Italian, what do you mean? There's no pasta. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Pa- what? Right. No pasta. So we're not having any dinner. Right. <laughs> so it's the same thing, especially with my mom. Even though she's you know at the age she's at, you know she shows up. I can do a six course meal, and if she doesn't have soup, she didn't eat. She, wow. So it's it's weird. So. Her thing now at her age is she always wants chicken soup. <laughs> chicken soup. So it's kind of easy for me because, you know, and I always ask her, what do you want? Whatever you want, I'll, I'll make. I don't care. Right. You know, it's very seldom. And that's great because you can different. freeze a bunch. Exactly. But she likes fresh chicken, too. So And it's always good. Yeah. It's always great. Yeah. So I have to go to the library and, and have them <laughs> kill them fresh. And people get crazy about it. And I'm like, hey, I, I that's how I grew up eating. So. Yeah, you know, we grew up eating fresh chickens from the backyard. Go outside, kill one. That's dinner. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I mean, he's not lying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for me, you know, it's like I think that I'm going to spend some time at mom's house. Um, you know, we'll be able to, um, you know, do all the good stuff that we do, exchange, you know, gifts and whatever, and eat, 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 and eat, and then that's sort of kind of it. So, um, I love you all. But we do need to take a break. So I'm going to pause the recording for a moment. We're going to take a break and we will uh, be right back. So here we go. All right. Well, ladies and gents, welcome back from that break. We had a little bit of a technical difficulty and we were trying to navigate all of that, um, trying to come back, uh, you know, from our break and trying to refresh our drinks, which obviously I wasn't able to do so. You're just going to have to excuse me. My, my, you know, my voice is just going to be very dry and that's how we're just going to have to proceed uh, with today's show. So anyway, um, we got everything back on. We're live. We're still streaming and um, hopefully everybody can hear and see everything. Okay. Uh, But we do have our guests. So I would like to um, take the opportunity to again, um, welcome Simon Doonan to the show. He's the author of Transformer, a story of glitter glam rock and loving lou reed and we're excited to have him on the show because not only has he written this book he's he's really done a lot of amazing work and uh we're excited to have him on the show and talk about it so simon welcome to the show oh oh, oh god Sorry, this, of Simon, course. we can't hear you <laughs> i can't I hear can't. you simon. give me one, one second, second. <laughs> uh-huh. It's never ending, I'm telling you. Disficulties. Disficulties, that's Interns. what we call them. Interns. Oh, let's try this again. Simon. We're uh, trying. This is not going to be pretty. All right, well, listen. <laughs> Simon, I'm going to give you a quick call on your phone, and I think that's how we're just going to have to handle this. Oh, let's go. This is... We thought. We thought. Hey, well, we thought. All right, so... Uh, okay. <laughs> yes. Mm, I just have to keep going back and forth here. I want to publicize our guest phone number here. And this is how we're going to do it. Hello. Hi, Simon. Thank you so much for joining us. And I'm sorry that we're having technical difficulties, but our Wi-Fi and our internet connection decided to go haywire during the break. But nonetheless, we are here. And thank you for joining us. Um, Can you hear me? I can. Yes. Can you hear us? Oh, totally. And I can see you. 
And you all look very glamorous and gorgeous. Why, Lies. thank you. Oh, I'm the only one. That's I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. He's good for my ego. Keep going. Keep going, Simon. <laughs> so, Simon, um, uh, <laughs> so we're here to talk about a new book uh, you're, uh, that released in November. Uh, the, again, the book is called... Uh, Transformer, a story of glitter, glam rock, and loving Lou Reed. Uh, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, what inspired you to to specifically write about this era? Or do, oh, do you I'm want me to pause? I'm going to pause it. I'm going to pause it. All right. So this is what I do. Anyway, so so we're all clear. I'm Nick or Trish. <laughs> Jay Bear. Jay. And I'm Tom. <laughs> it's been a crazy day today. <laughs> Before we jump into the book, Simon, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and like Thank you. your uh, your career history? Because I know that you have a lot of books that you've written, plus a lot of other things that you've done in life. So let's start there, and then we'll get into the book. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. Well, I'm like um, a really, really old gay who's been around the block a million times, backwards and frontwards. Proud of you. And um, you don't look you don't I, look uh, past fifty. Well, I'm 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 70. Isn't yeah. that shocking? Gorgeous. I know. <laughs> Fabulous, baby. Fabulous. So um, I came to America in the 70s and went to live in L.A. And by then I was already a window dresser, which is probably the gayest occupation in, in the history of humanity. So I was a card carrying window dresser. And that's how I got my green card. And I went to live in L.A. and I was there for about eight years and um, I had fun and had my wild 20s in L.A. And then AIDS came along and sort of made it less wild and very sad. And then I moved to New York in 1985 and I got my job at actually the Costume Institute, you know, where they have the Met Ball and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But back then it was a more smaller enterprise and Diana Vreeland was running it. Do you know who she is? She was that crazy, incredible fashion editor anyway Diana Freedom was running out I got a great job there short gig and then got my job at Barney's where I did loads of um you know cheeky windows and um you know had a great career for 35 years at Barney's and I wrote a book called Confessions of a Window Dresser and that started me on my writing career that was in the late 90s and so I've been very lucky. I've had a sec- had a second career as a writer. I'm probably the only window dresser turned writer in the history of the world, so I'm proud about that. So, so how did um, you make that jump, though, from window dressing to then ri- writing about it? Well, this guy called Nicholas Calloway, he's a publisher. He actually did Madonna's sex book, which they just mm. re-released, and he said to me, Oh, you should do a book of all your windows, you know, because I've done all these, you know, windows with celebrity lookalikes and all kinds of crazy stuff at Barney's. And so I I put it together and he said to me, now write an introduction. So I wrote an introduction. He said, you're a hilarious natural writer. And I said, what are you talking about? I'm a, I'm a glue gun queen. I'm a staple gun (laughs) queen. And, and so I wrote the book and it, then from that, I got this regular column in the New York Observer. The editor of the Observers called me up and he said, you know, we want you to write the style column for us. And I did that for 10 years as a kind of side gig. And um, and then I, I 
during that time, I pumped out a bunch of books. And um, the most recent ones are History of Drag, mm-hmm. or Drag with Violet Tchotchkes on the cover, um, and a book about Keith Haring, and a book called How to Be Yourself. But the book about Keith Haring is just a small book, and it's it's sort of my view of his life with some autobiographical stuff in it. And this editor from HarperCollins, she called me up and she said, you know, do you love Lou Reed? Do you love Bowie? Did you have the movie, tra- the album Transformer? Because I loved your book on Keith Haring and we want to do something that scope, but about that moment, which is a very swishy, very gay moment of glam rock. And when Bowie collaborated with, Lou Reed, and they were both in their 20s, young guys being fearless and crazy, um, and did this album, which is an an homage to Andy Warhol. You know, it's Mm -hmm. Lou Reed said, you know, I wanted to give people, the gay people, the love songs they deserved, which is a very nice Mm. sentiment. But it was also um, very much a a love letter to Andy Warhol, Um, hence the inclusion of Walk on the Wild Side, which is, um, you know, profiles the three trans women from the factory, Candy Darling, Jackie Curtis, and Hollywood Lawn. And so that's how that book came about. It was actually the editor's idea, but it was inspired by my Keith Haring book. Wow, that's amazing. So so you actually had the publishing company like reach out to you and say, hey, I've seen this. I want you to do something on this. How do you feel about it? And you're like, uh, uh, hello. Sure, let's that's go for it. Well, for those who aren't familiar with publishing, that's very much how it often works. Like my book on the history of drag, the publisher called me up and said, you know, I just done a book about soccer players, you know, uh, their, their wives, their Lamborghinis, their Louis Vuitton luggage, like excess in the soccer world, a kind of humorous style book. And they said, we want you to do a book on drag because there is no history of drag, you know, a a straightforward history of drag. It doesn't exist. People are always looking for it. They're asking for it. So they identified um, a void in the marketplace. They said, do you want to do it? And I said, yeah, totally. I mean, growing up in England, I was sort of drowning in drag. You know, you can't imagine how much drag there was in England in the 60s. You know, it's part of English culture. If you think about Monty Python and, every comedian on TV would throw on a frock, you know, it was like totes norms. How how was that process for you in regards, um, you know, to you coming, uh, deciding on which drags you wanted to feature, which people you wanted to talk about and, and the eras, was it, you know, something that you decided, okay, I'm going to do by, by specific eras and sort of kind of highlight them all. Or did you have your favorite drag Queens that you wanted to feature in the book? What was that like? Well, I divided it up into conceptually different areas of drag, like art drag, you know, Marcel Duchamp or drag, like, you know, the overlap between art and drag. Grayson Perry, that English artist who has a drag alter ego. Um, And then I did pop star drag, which is like heavy metal. You know, I always thought all those rockers from the 80s, um, you know, David Lee Roth, 
They're basically in drag. Pretty you know, much. The lycra, the makeup, the hair. Twisted Sister, hello. Hello. Um, Alice Cooper. Take it. <laughs> and I love all that. I, I lived in LA when the when that that metal era rose. Right. And I was working at a store right next to the Troubadour, which was the real home for, you know, Def Leppard and all those incredible groups. So that, that was a fantastic era. Um, and then um, movie star drag. So you get everything in from some like it hot to Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, radical drag. So I could talk about Marsha P. Johnson and the Radical Fairies and, and all that stuff. So um, divided it up conceptually. And then, then I went deep into history like e- ancient Egypt and, um, you know, uh, uh, mythology and stuff like that. It's fun. Now, In met- fact, I have a copy of it right here, but you can't see me because I'm on the phone. I'm I'm so promotional oriented. I'm waving my book <laughs> around. So you're, 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 you mentioned, is that Violet Tchotchke on the cover? Yes. And it's a beautiful picture by Sanchez Zalba, Albert Sanchez and Pedro Zalba. And um, yeah, that's the cover. And there's um, <laughs> Queen on the back. Um, oh, Freddie Mercury, oh, yeah. Freddie Mercury, yes. That's awesome. So yeah. I love music. I've always been passionate about music. So the and I, you know, I knew David Bowie a little bit and so I was it wasn't a big leap for me to do something that was about music, the transforming era. And I remember that era. It was such a fabulous era. Like all of a sudden we came out of the hippie era. And suddenly boys are wearing satin and platform shoes and makeup. And and it was just very camp and very silly and really fun and sort of superficial and glamorous. And who cares about anything? And um, I, girls I, participated fully in it. You know, right. like uh, a lot of those trends, girls don't get to participate so fully in, you know, like um, uh, punk was a good one. Yeah. Girls and boys participated you know, the slits and Susie Sue and all that stuff. And um, uh, glam rock. Yes. Girls, they didn't participate so much in the music, but in the look, if you walk down the King's Road, you know, girls in silver boots with huge platforms and snakeskin jackets with rainbows applicate on the back. And I loved all that. And we we don't get to see much of it in in today's, you know, society but we do get a remnants of it a very small one in like for example the goth um crowd and and the goth um um for example we have a couple of gay bars in our area and they host goth nights and you get to see all of the extravagant makeup and the hair color and the different outfits and the high boots and and you know it's like it's really amazing to see actually because some of these people are extremely creative and do amazing things and so to to see just a remnant of what the 80s were like what the, you know the late 70s early 80s and and thinking of how these rock stars used to just be so androgynous with their with their the way they dressed and and how they acted and how they performed on stage it was incredible yeah i think there's definitely you're right a through line from you know look at the success of moon age daydream have you seen that movie um you know like everybody's it's it's a, a sort of artistic documentary about david bowie in moon age daydream it's really amazing like you just like beyond anything he's like something from another planet 
I mean, he was a a very incredible artist that transcended so many different styles and so many different genres of music and worked with so many people that ordinarily you would never think that he would be interested in working with. Right. It's like, um, yeah, you you have a Christmas special. Here's David Bowie singing with this, you know, individual (laughs) that you would never think to pair them together. Right. And and here you have, you know, little drummer boy. And and there you go. And it was a, a huge hit. And it's like you you start thinking to yourself it's like that what was that era was all about it was about taking the unconventional and smacking it together and just throwing it in front of a camera and and you had amazing you know performances and things that are very memorable even till till today it made them who they were because it was just so unconventional to to see you know these these different artists collaborate and work together and and be so ostentatious and in your face and not care one bit about it yeah i think a lot of people are inspired by lady gaga harry styles you know they they've all um kissed the ring of um of glam rock and punk too right. you know punk was a fantastic have you seen that new documentary called pistol I have about not. the make making of the Sex Pistols. Oh my God, it oh, is fantastic! Johnny Rotten and Chrissy Hind is in it because she was sort of part of that early punk. Where thing. is the documentary it's, available? And is it on Netflix? I think it's streaming on Netflix. Yeah, oh, Pistol. It it's done by Danny Boyle. It, it is so well. It, Vivian Westwood, Malcolm McLaren. You know they they produce the Sex Pistols and. Um, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I found it because I lived through that era. I've been very lucky to, for many reasons, um, but I was sort of hit these different eras. Like I came of age in time to see Jimi Hendrix play and go to the Isle of Wight Festival. And then I, you know, then I hit the glam rock thing and the punk thing and the new romantic thing. I'm in that video, that Kim Carnes video, Betty Davis Eyes all dressed up like a pirate. You know, I just kept hitting these street trends one after another. Um, maybe I'm just like a very trendy, idiotic person. Probably. <laughs> Not at all. I'd say, I think that you're someone who just really enjoys, you know, music and you just sort of kind of ride the wave, right? It's a wave and you, you get to see things go and you get to see things come back and you're seeing a lot of different artists nowadays that are trying new things that weren't so new back, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago. And they're they're taking material and sampling and recycling and coming up with new ways of interpreting something that was already done amazingly well by different artists. Um, you know, Lady Gaga does that a lot. You see a lot of that in the in the Harry world. Styles. Harry Styles, yeah. Dua Lipa, you know, who's the other one that um uh, that recently did a song with Elton John and you start seeing these different, you know, uh, generations start doing collaborations and doing different things and it, they're putting out amazing work. Yeah. No, it's a fun time in music. I love all the collaborations. You're right. You know, and even and even in drag, that that also transcends. I mean, look look at how how popular drag has become. Uh, when you think about, for example, you know RuPaul and Drag Race and all of the different iterations of the show that exist all over the globe now, right? You've got Drag Race in Australia, you've got Drag Race in the UK, you've got Drag Race in the US, and um, I think they even have one in you know other parts of like the Asian continent several countries in the Asian continent are doing their versions of drag race. And it's incredible to see how, how, how people are embracing this, this art and you get to see 
different versions of drag in these shows because they all bring something unique. You know, you've got comedy queens, you've got queens that are into music, queens that are into, you know, very, you know, ostentatious designs that they, you know, creatively glue together, you know, and as a person that worked for Barney's for many years um, and run around with a glue gun, I'm sure you know what it's like. (laughs) Oh, shit, I got to finish this window by, you know. 6 a.m. before people start walking down the, you know, the pavement mm-hmm. and seeing what I'm putting out. It's 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 pretty cool to see. Have you had um, a lot of the drag races on your show? We have not had um, many of the drag race winners. I We've spoken to a couple of drag race contenders uh, that never made it on the show. But we have three queens from Connecticut that are actually in this season's mm-hmm. drag race. And we're sort of kind of working on getting them on because I think, um, you know, they'll they'll do amazing work. So Brilliant. we're excited about that. Yeah, we just can't afford yeah. them right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but it's fun. So so the book uh, came out in November, I believe November 8th, if I'm not mistaken. And, yeah, that uh, was 50 years ago to the day that the album was released, right. Transformers. So it was like commemorating. That's an amazing way to just do it, right? It's like, hey. Oh, my God. Go. Time goes so quickly. Like when they produced the album, David Bowie was 25. You know, and Reed was and was twenty nine or something like that. And Mick Romson was his guitarist, but um, no, time flies. It does, uh, and I, I say th- that I, all the time. I think I think I was like twenty six or seven when we started the podcast. Yeah, now I'm thirty five. Don't lie, that's not nice. <laughs> no, I, no, I but ta- but you're right time flies and you know Bette Midler always says it uh, best in her song she has a song called I Look Good and when she performs it on stage one of her lines is like time flies when you're on Prozac and I just took it and just ran with it and uh, but you're right it does and you, you get to see um, you know all the different like eras and ages and people and, and, and amazing art that people are just pumping out day and night. And it's a lot easier today to see a lot of it, right? Because you have social media, you have all of these different venues that you can really shop around and, and sort of kind of push your work. Um, how has that been for you navigating the social media spaces, you know, since, you know, the invention of Facebook compared to how you would do things prior to that? Um, well, it's revolutionary. It's very different. And I'm basically an incompetent idiot. So I'm constantly <laughs> Clearly we screwing are too. it up. <laughs> I tried to do an Instagram story the other day and I, God knows what I, I kept hitting the wrong button. So I, um, you know, I come from a, well, because of my role at Barney's, I'm sort of engaged with it. You know, it's important to be on Instagram but I sort of blunder around like Mr. Magoo, you know, hitting the wrong button and somehow managing to keep going. But I, I do my best. I just think it's um, um but I have to re- remind, uh, this shows you how old I am, to remind myself, like, you know, hours go by and I think, oh, crap, I need to look at my phone. I better see if, you know, check my fault. You know, days later, I remember that I posted something and I have to go and have a look. So I'm not like a young Young people, it's sort of organic for them. They're, right. they're fluid with it. What about you guys? Are you all up your socials all the time? 
swiping left, Tinder, Grinder. I, I, I try not to be, <laughs> but you know, it's it's very it's a very distracting thing. You know, like you, you're constantly it's it's like glued to my hip. You know, if I go to the bathroom, I, I can't leave my desk without grabbing my phone and putting it in my pocket. If I go, you know, anywhere you go, you're always reaching. For, you reach for that first before you do a defibrillator or anything, yeah. no, right? It, it's the first thing I grab when I wake up in the morning. Yes. Yeah. It's sad. Oh, see, I have to, I, I grab it hours later and I think, oh, I better look at my phone in case, you know, <laughs> well, somebody's. For, for me, it's then not. That's purely an age thing. It's like, it, it, I. It's not social media for me in the morning. It's I got to check my email. Yeah, he's obsessed with emails and work. Well, you're yeah. probably getting a lot. I mean, what do you do for a profession? Um, I am the director of development for the Schubert Theater in New Haven. Hello, you're probably just emails up the wazoo. Right? Yeah, and generally <laughs> yes. it's about money. So it's like, <laughs> I need to follow up. <laughs> yeah. Which is important. Um, no, but, but you're right. I mean, it's um, it's a very distracting thing, but it's also a very, like you said, revolutionary thing that we all, you know, need in our lives. Unfortunately, it's it's the way of the world nowadays. On the flip side, though, I will have to say there are moments in my life where I hate email because people no longer pick up the phone and have a five. Like, I love calling people and talking to them. But instead of having a five minute conversation, I receive a book of a book of an email. Like it's literally pages long. That makes me crazy. Just give me a call. Which is not yeah. a bad thing. And I'm I'm pretty sure, you know. And also people are like it's been 15 minutes. I haven't why haven't you responded? Right. That's the well, other thing. Well, when I worked at Barney's, I was a big proponent of just going into other people's offices. You know, I had a tiny little cubicle even though I had a fancy pants job title because I was always if I was having an advertising meeting, I'd go into their office. If I was having a display meeting, I'd go into the display studio. Like, plonk myself down, and then let's just get on with it, you know, face-to-face. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of nuances get lost. But then that's not the way it's done anymore. So right. it's just as yeah. well. Everything is I'm done not, through video. Yeah. Um, but but here's yeah, what I here's which what is I fine. I'm, I'm not changeable. I'm, I'm into it. I'm giving just... You know, I'm just not that good at it. But what were you going to say? Sorry. I'm no, so I was just going to say that here's what I envision Simon at, you know, Barney's like. So oh, I God. envision Kim Cattrall in Mannequin. <laughs> and, you know, Simon is just running around like Hollywood trying to make the windows look fabulous and amazing and just having a great time and just being crazy and, and not caring what people thought about you. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was very conscientious about my job because I knew, you know, I wanted to keep my job, you know, a girl needs a job. Yes. Um, So, um, but we actually did do a Kim Cattrall window one time. Um, We did a, when Sex in the City ended, we did an homage to uh, Madison Avenue store, all the four main characters. And uh, Kim Cattrall was Cinderella. Get it? Cinderella, yes. (laughs) And, um, the um, Carrie was the princess in the shoe. Uh-huh. And we did them like little fairy tales. Um, and it was really fun. It was great. And people loved it because I always tried to do things that were have in the culture. So right there at that moment when Sex in the City was ending, it was a huge moment. Like that was one of those shows that everybody would rush home and we'd all 
people it was a it was a group watch mm-hmm. water cooler next morning chatting show that everybody had it was one of the last great well white lotus is now that show everybody's watched it and people right. love to mm-hmm. chat about it but right. it doesn't happen too often right i was totally so into much sex. media right I was totally into Sex in the City. I like that they rebooted it. It's a little different, not like, uh, you know, the original, but I'm enjoying it. Let's just say that. Um, but yeah, no, it's like, you know, I, I think about, for example, Kim, Kim Cattrall and, and her starring in, in Mannequin. That was the name of the movie. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. And and one of the ca- the characters who would, you know, help her and, and or, or she would help him dress up the windows at the store was called Hollywood. Right. And oh, Hollywood. I forgot. Yes. Yes. I forgot that. So so when you said Barney's and when you said, okay, I was, you know, dressing windows and making art, beautiful art that people can admire. I immediately went to the movie Mannequin. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Growing up in New York City in the 80s, that was that was the thing to do. Every every holiday season, we flocked to the city. To, to look at the windows, the displays. I remember doing that growing up. Can't afford you know, that. Be, Can't yeah, afford yeah. that. A lot of, a lot did, of the window well, shopping, it was beautiful. Was yeah. Kid, and it was, it's a very democratic form of entertainment. Yes. You, you know, like bums can watch it, you know, <laughs> yeah. homeless people. Like anybody, it's open, welcome. Everyone can come and enjoy window displays. So I think it's very sweet that way because – if you think about it from a marketing point of view, there's not really a measurable return on investment. Right. So, you know, stores like Macy's would do fabulous windows, Saks Avenue. I'm sure you went to see all those when you were a kid. Yep. And um, and and they would, uh, Lord and Taylor, remember those little Victorian yeah, all the, all the, yeah, all the displays. And, I'm, and, and then the main thing is as soon as the holidays start rolling in, you, you start seeing it in the news, you know? Right. Displays yeah. are coming. Get ready for this. And but, and it was it was the thing you. to do. It's beautiful. It's it's like... Well, in my little town where I grew up, like that was the only form of entertainment for Christmas. It, yeah. it was a smaller industrial town and the, there was one department store and they would zhush up the windows for holiday. I remember my mom, um, we didn't have any money. Like we'd go down there and look at everything. And it was sort of um, in- visual inspiration for people. Yeah. We didn't have television yeah. or yeah. anything like that after the war. So it was, uh, no, it, it's pretty groovy that it's like free entertainment. Right. I'm but, glad you enjoyed it. But it's Absolutely. a form of art, right? And when you think about it, it's a form of art that is as relevant today as it was 40, 50 years ago. Because well, stores- sort of. It's sort of, it, it's waned a bit because now there's a, there's a new vogue for people um, want to see into a store. They want right. to see in and they want to see something exciting going on inside. They want to see people, stuff, visuals, and they'll come in rather than on staying on the sidewalk to look at the windows. So that thing of the enclosed windows, it, it's still happening a bit in New York, but it's because, you know, basically the terrible thing is I, I remember the transition from uh, people really staring at windows, walking down the street, looking at windows. Then what, suddenly the, two years later, they're walking down the street, looking at their phones. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. And so I think Instagram is the new shop window. I think people always want that excitement, but they get it from different places now. So, yeah. um, but this, if you want to see some really fun windows, Bergdorf's this year is great. Yeah. If you're in New York City um, and Saks, you know, they still, they still turn it out. 
and um, make it that New York thing. But in malls across the country, it's less more. They, they'll have something spectacular going on in the mall, in the middle of the yes. mall, and people come and enjoy that. Something interactive, you know, not necessarily behind glass. And mm-hmm. so it's gone through lots of evolutions. Window, window display. So not to get away from window displays, but to talk about the new book really quick. I had a, I, I'm wondering, so living through this time and living through this era, um, how, how did you both connect yourself personally while also telling the historic, you know, story of Lou Reed to the book? Um, well, I just plunged right in and I thought about exactly what I was doing at that point and, when I, I and I did see the Velvet Underground play, which was Lou's band, and I saw Bowie in those early incarnations at Ziggy Stardust. So the glam rock thing was I was living it, you know. So I I did. There's lots of books about Lou Reed. I thought if I, my opportunity to do something different here is to to do something that's semi autobiographical. So I start out about talking about you know, growing up as a gay kid in the 1950s and 60s and what that was like and, you know, the run-up to um, glam rock. And glam rock coincided with gay liberation Mm -hmm. and Stonewall was like um, three or four years prior. Um, But it was all, there was that period of um, liberation, really, even though glam rock wasn't particularly gay, you know, because it was actually a very straight thing. You right, know, if you, you think had about a lot of who bands, the right. you had yeah, a lot of bands yeah. that were doing it, you know, that, you know, are still married and, and fathered, you know, like thousands of children. And, <laughs> and although that doesn't make a person straight, because I mean, you know, Oscar Wilde. Hello. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Our little bisexual bear over here. Oh, my God. Uh, oh how many kids do you have? Oh, God, don't ask that. <laughs> four, four daughters, seven grandchildren. How fabulous! <laughs> yes. I'll take them all to see the windows. Okay. <laughs> oh my, yeah, my, well, we lived in New York, and especially the girls—they grew up, they were born and raised in New York, so they're all familiar with all that. Fantastic! Yeah, it's fun, but yeah, it's 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 an adventure. <laughs> I feel lucky. I had a career in retail. I think if you live in New York City. You know, like Auntie Mame, when she loses all her money, she gets a job selling roller skates yeah. in Macy's. Yeah. You know, like retail for people in New York is always this great, um, well, I'll, I'll just get a job, blah, 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 fill yeah. in the blank. Yeah. You know, because there was, now I'm not sure what they do because a lot of the stores have closed. So Yeah, I know. It's, it's really like weird to see the transition going from, um, you know, for example, um, brick and mortar to now being able to order everything. I mean, anything that you can think of is available online now. Even like douche, douche is like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you can, order, <laughs> you can order a lot of things now to the I point. I love that was it? your go-to. What kind of person are you? He's our ashtray. One of our doctor partners has a whole like line that we talk oh, about really? on the show. Yeah. Are they vinegar, like those Massengill dishes? And- no, they're pH balanced. pH balanced, all amazing. For you the know, bottom cleansers. in you. No, <laughs> the pH balanced for the bottom. <laughs> yeah. They have yeah, a liquid a- version. They have a powdered version if you'd I like to both. travel lightly. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, it's it's amazing. You can just put the powder and 
stick it in the bulb and do your thing. Um, I do have a question for you. So in regards to the book, is there a special moment in this book um, that um, really resonates with you or anything that you'd like to share um, while you were working on the book that you really truly enjoyed um, doing in the process Um, of creating the book? I guess it was really fun just listening to this album again over and over and over again and here, really hearing how it was put together because it's a very interesting album. Bowie's produced it. So, right. you know, you can hear him singing and la la lying and pom pom poming on some of the songs. And I guess as a creative activity for these young guys in their 20s, it's audacious, you know, and it's great. And it's really fun when that happens, you know. Um, just like you were saying about collaboration, it, it's a collaboration. Lou didn't hadn't had a successful solo album, and Bowie said, "I want to produce your album." And he said the same thing to Iggy Pop. He produced Iggy Pop's album right after that, and um, you know he was just like I said, extraordinary. It was fun watching all the videos of them performing and Lou performing and reading all his lyrics because. And there's this guy called Danny Fields, who was at one point Iggy Pop's manager. And he said, you know, Lou Reed is the greatest songwriter of his generation. And when you look at all his songs and you hear, you know, Venus in Furs and Waiting for the Man and Heroin and all those songs, like, um, they're incredible. And he wrote a lot of them when he was still a teenager. So he is really um, an extraordinary guy and, um, you know, a one-off and brilliant and complex like many creative people right right and you're that's definitely the truth i mean there's a lot of complexity behind not only um do i find there's a lot of complexity there's also a lot of like eccentricness um in in certain artists and the way they do things and the way they prepare their art and um and and how they get themselves ready to share that art with the world and with people um but it's but it's interesting, yeah. And you're right. Yep, it was a really fun project. I'm hashtag gratitude to I've spent the last year working on it. So that's that's awesome. So uh, are you going to be working on any other projects similar um, in nature to this one, or do you have anything else that's coming down the pike that that we should know about? Well, I'm always out there shaking the trees and trying to drum up new projects. And <laughs> you know how it is. That's what you that's what you gotta do. Like you shake the you trees don't get to see engraved, the nuts fall off. <laughs> you don't get engraved invitations in this world these days. Right. You have to really come up with some ideas and pitch people and try and get something off the ground. So I've current you know, I've pitched a lot of ideas to different publishers and hopefully something um comes back before all my teeth fall out (laughs) oh i doubt that you look like a very well put together queen and you take your take very good care of yourself so you know i think they'll be there for a very long time well thank you and ditto (laughs) (laughs) well my friend uh, i want to thank you simon for joining us on today's show uh it's exciting to you know get a little bit of background on what inspired you to write the book um and you know get a, a perspective on your on your favorite parts of, of navigating, you know, the world of Bowie and Lou. And and so um, we're going to go ahead and post all the information on your new book, of course, um, which is currently available. It's available on paperback. It's available on a soft cover. It's also available on audiobooks, I believe. Um, and 
all the formats pretty much. And, um, yeah, that's fun. And if you have anything else, you know, coming up and, you know, you happen to, you know, as you're sowing your seeds, people bite <laughs> and you have something new coming up the pipe, just let us know. We'll be happy to have you back on the show and, and sit down and have another wonderful chat. Well, this was so groovy and thank you for having me and happy holidays to y'all. Likewise, Happy thank holidays. you. And our apologies for the technical difficulties, oh, but you know, it happens. I'm just so glad it wasn't me bumbling around. <laughs> no, it was us. us. It was 100% us. Thank God. I'm so relieved when I saw it wasn't me blundering around again. No, anyway. it, it was me. But uh, again, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> I had a lovely time. Thank you. Happy holidays. Bye. You too. Bye. All right. Well, ladies and gents, that, of course, was the lovely Simon Doonan. He's going to we're going to have all the information on his book available on tonight's show. Um, And wow, I liked him. He's really nice. We should have him back again. Um, He's funny and witty. And I love that. I I mean, I want to read a bunch of his books now. So, yeah, I think you should, especially the ones about drag queens, because, you know, Uh, that is not me. Yeah, it doesn't have to be, but no, you, know, no. you can pretend. Might be your calling. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened today. It's just like today was just such a shit show in regards to, you know. <laughs> this computer. Yeah, it's like. It's I, you know what it is? I got a new computer. And, my and you're trying like, to find an excuse to get no, a new computer. No, it's yeah. not going to happen. I'll, I'll take your hand-me-downs home. No. My, my computer is <laughs> literally is going eight. through it because it feels like there's something newer and fresher in the room. And she's like, but this is my house. Why'd you let that in here? She having a time. That's what it is. That's what it is. But I refuse. <laughs> so you better get over your shit. Stop being jealous. You were here first. We love you. And get over your shit. Period. Um, period. Period. Right. <laughs> so anyway, all right. We need to um, wrap things up and bring it home. So I'm going to toss it over to my boys. We've got a couple of more things that we need to talk about. So, uh, Torius, you want to start first? Look at that, look at that, look at that. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, thank you. Um, Here's Mama Kim's Minute, everybody. So number one, chef changes his restaurant's name to honor his son's transition. Number two, the Stonewall generation fought for equality. Now they are fighting for their lives. Yes, queen. Number three, nine LGBTQ... What? No, I was like, oh my gosh, she had to take a breath before she went. What were you thinking about? Number three, I got a text. Um, number three, LGBTQ plus sex ed facts. All queer teens should know. All right now. Okay. And on this day in gay history. Okay, let's see. So the day was December 21st. Today. 2005. Mm-hmm. Where? In the UK. About a year. Uh, Elton John enters into civil partnership with David Furnish. The couple have been dating since 1993. They hold a low-key ceremony at the Wintered Guild Hall, followed by a lavish party at their Berkshire mansion, thought to have cost about one million pounds. pounds. Right. And I'm pretty sure, wait, uh, what's her name was there? Um... Lady Gaga? No. No, Lady Gaga was probably like 12 at that time. No, she's... um, Oh my God, Liza. Liza Minnelli should have been there. She was really good friends with Elton. Sweet. Or was it Liz Taylor? I don't know. 
one of those one of them were alive and they were there one of them um but yeah good for him all right well <laughs> ladies and gents thank you so much and our apologies once again for all the difficulties tonight but i want to thank you all if you love the show make sure you go subscribe rate and review on your favorite podcasting service by doing so you get the latest and greatest of our show delivered right to your web browser or device as soon as our episodes are published j bear yep uh, you can also support us on Patreon. With Patreon, you, our listeners, can help us support the show with a pledge deno- <laughs> donation <laughs> denomination, I was going to say, of course. The donations are collected monthly and can be at uh, in any denomination I know. of a dollar or more. Words are hard. Difficulties. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to our guest. Oh, my God. I haven't done that in a long time. Yeah. Simon Doonan. Uh, he is the author of Transformer, a story of glitter, glam rock, and loving Lou Reed. We will have all the, those links on our post tonight. That's right. And, uh, and now here's Nick with our weekly reminder, although he just, you know, you, you did a little Pl- bit of... Yeah, I plugged it in. You early. plugged it in. Yeah. Um, uh, for our weekly reminder for all of you bottoms out there, you like to keep your buttholes on point. Yes, we are talking about Feature Method. And I'm going to give her some love. All right, everybody. Are you still stuck looking for the future? Best Christmas gift ever. Get the future method today. Each time you clean out with water or enemas, delicate tissues are harmed and cells are damaged, increasing chances of injury and or STDs. This first-of-its-kind doctor-developed formula gently cleanses before you play without hurting your bum. Visit futuremethod.com to purchase your life-changing bum cleanser today. Yes, queen. I'm going to start saying that in my sleep. In like, sleep. it's just yeah. going to happen. It's just going to happen. It hasn't happened yet? Uh, maybe. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as always, it is time to put a ring on it. All the single ladies, all the single ladies. And as always, our show is available on our website, gaytalk20.com, under audio podcast. It is also available as a free download on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio. You can find us on social media, Facebook, Gay Talk 2.0, Instagram, Gay Talk 2.0. Email us at gaytalk2.0 at gaytalk20.com. Tom, it's your day. Yeah. And, and right. by the way, Twitter's such a such shit show. I'm glad we uh, got rid of that. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. Uh, um, I, w- I will say before we wrap up, I'm very proud of the fact that our president, Joseph R. Biden, welcomed oh, yes. President Vla- Vladimir Zelensky of Ukraine into the White House today. And they had um, a joint, um, you know, what do you call that? Press conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, he will address Congress uh, um, in the coming hours. I think it already happened, but it's just good to see that, you know, we're still supporting the people of Ukraine, um, especially around this time of year. You know, it's it's the holiday season. Things can get a little crazy. Things have been very crazy for the people of Ukraine. And I'm glad to see that, you know, we are trying to or at least making an effort to continue to support the people of Ukraine. So, and he's really hot. Yeah, oh my God. He's like, I was like his butt, but that's okay. But that's besides the point. I had to say it. I know. I know. Then you get me going. And anyway, ladies and gents, <laughs> um, I want to take an opportunity before we sign off today to say Merry Christmas. Happy, happy holidays, 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 doggy days, all that good stuff. I hope that you, ho, ho, homo. Uh, 
that one that one um i hope you have you know the best it's going to be a very stormy one in most of the nation so be careful um you know drive safely um think before you go into the elements and um if you don't believe it to be safe stay home christmas can always happen the next day it's not, you know, written stone. Just be safe. Uh, yeah. It's going to be very crazy out there. Um, just to let you know, um, you can reach us on our website, gettalk20.com. You can just go to the contact us tab, uh, leave a comment, suggest topics, submit a question for the cast or an individual host, or even for one of our guests, if you'd like. You can call us, uh, leave us a voice message with your questions. We can address those for you on the show. Our phone number is 334-GAY-TALK. And if you need all those digits, it is uh, 334-429-8255. Uh, don't forget that we do stream live. Well, we try to when we don't have this thick a Disfic-a- just move on yeah difficulties <laughs> <laughs> um but we do stream live every wednesday day who who did that at 6 p.m you did. Eastern Standard Time, and you can access that live stream by visiting digitalstreamradio.com uh once again happy holidays thank you ladies that's our show and gents and y'all have a good night <laughs> bye, bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Gay Talk 2.0. Tune in next time for more Dish.